Game of basketball and game of runs, you people always tell me. Usain Bolt has nothing on the Celtics last night. Fidipides ain't got nothing on Al Horford last night. And yesterday's panel and the panel the day before, they were 8 for 8 picking the Warriors. You people are wearing those views. Take it up with them. It's what I do. Do you guys know when the asteroid hit Earth and led to the end of the dinosaurs, the impact was so great, every volcano on the planet immediately erupted, and that the volcanoes that were in present-day India burned for the next 30,000 years? That heat, not as hot as the Celtics in the fourth quarter last night. 17-0 run, second biggest in finals history. 40-16 road fourth quarter. Just inconceivable numbers. Celtics storming out and taking game one of these finals. Draymond Green, nothing to panic about. Steve Kerr, that's why it's seven game series for a reason. Warriors preaching calm and patience. Israel, how good should the Celtics feel today? How worried should the Warriors be today? Thought you were going to Woody there because he reported on those volcanic eruptions, right? Um, look, I do think that the Boston Celtics should uh, not only feel good. They feel, I feel like the Boston Celtics should feel great about this performance, not just because what they did in the fourth quarter, but what they didn't do in the first. And that first quarter, that Boston defense was unrecognizable. It was leaving Steph Curry wide open. Right, it right. was just a bunch of stuff that we hadn't seen them make the mistakes. And you thought, I thought to myself, okay, this is a team in the moment kind of, you know, choking a little bit early on or, you know, caught up in the moment. And then for the next three quarters, you felt like, oh, okay, this was more like the Celtics. Robert Williams had an impact. And even though Jason Tatum was not hitting his shots, he was getting off the ball, that offense was moving. And while Draymond Green is saying, hey, those guys, those role players might not shoot that way the rest of this series. Well, they might if they're that open regularly. They might if they're that open early on and get into a rhythm where they might be able to hit a contested shot or two. So, yeah, if I'm the Warriors, I'm plenty to concern with in this one because the Celtics probably feel like they just broke free from jail after the, the, the defense that they saw in the last two rounds of the Eastern Conference compared. So, you, while statistically the Warriors' defense was top of the league, top ten in the league, top five in the league, you think – Regular season, yes. Not, that's not the same in the postseason. And you know I see everything is real. I know you yeah. picked Celtics in six. One of the few panelists to go there. Now, we'll go to Woody. I guess Israel just called him a, a dinosaur reporter, a, volca a volcano reporter. Please, go ahead. Yes, well, Israel, you're somewhat right. I did cover the original Raptors before this one came <laughs> along in Canada. But I'll tell you what, the, the wars last night shouldn't be feeling so bad. This series was always going to go six or seven games. Mm. And there's a very good chance that they're going to lose several of those. And the Celtics, of course, feel great that they stole one on the road. They came back in the fourth quarter. Let me point out a couple of things that I thought were important. That the bench always plays poorly on the road in the playoffs, but not last mm -hmm. night when you had uh, the bench outscoring the Warriors bench which I think is critical to the Celtics because the, the bench of the Warriors you would think would be better. But here's the other thing. As good as the Celtics are, it's their three-point shooting. It's better than their two-point shooting. They shot over 50% from the three-point line last night, and that made the difference in the game. They could get by without Tatum having a great game. Sarah Spain seeing Boston come back with the run they had, win in a game that wasn't Tatum's best game tells you what about this series? 
Well, that was one of my biggest questions coming in is a team like this without finals experience where Amy Odoka does not know how guys are going to fare in various situations. Uh, what does it look like when they get behind? Is it those big swings like we saw in the Heat series? How do they fare when it comes to the nerves of their first finals and when it comes to the grit of coming back? So early on, I was a little bit concerned. And to Izzy's point, their defense was way off in the first. Steph was getting all those looks from behind screens on the perimeter. And you look like we're going to have one of these games where the swagger goes the Warriors' way the crowd gets it and it's over. But the Celtics stayed in it throughout, even when they weren't playing their best. And then the best adjustment that Adoke had was he switched to small ball in the fourth, and that spread the floor out and allowed them to dominate offensively. The only hope for the Warriors is that they were so bad on their end offensively that if they could just keep up a little bit and take advantage of the small ball lineup that the Celtics were using, then maybe it would have been a game down the stretch. So if I'm the Warriors, I'm just looking at the way Steph facilitated in the fourth and no one else could hit the broadside of a barn and saying, Hopefully next game will be better. KB, did the Celtics just out-Warriors the Warriors? Ooh, that's a good way to, to look at it. Um, they out-Celtic the Celtics, too, because this game was an aberration. <laughs> I mean, come on. Well, the Warriors hadn't lost a playoff game at home. And they just right? did. So now they lose one. They hadn't lost a first game in the playoffs, this new iteration. And they just did. Ever. And they just did. <laughs> and look at all the things that the Celtics did, right? The 7-for-7 seven seven to open up the, the fourth quarter three-point shooting. That had never happened before. The, 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 um, the, the number that they had put up had never happened before in the NBA, uh, in the NBA I finals. Hear what you're so this was, an, this was an aberration. But it happened. So, and now it's it did in happen. this series, it's 1-0. Are it you is. recalibrating how you think this series no, is? No, absolutely not. not. Because if the Celtics, I thought that if the Celtics were going to win this series, they were going to win with defense. They wouldn't win with Marcus Smart, the player, the defensive player of the year, sitting on the bench in the fourth quarter. Right? I thought that they would not win with offense, that they could not keep up with the Warriors' offense. But in fact, in this particular outing, they yeah, you're losing me here, Kevin. You're telling us all the things you didn't see coming, happening right before your eyes. Aberration in this one game, and it does not okay. change how I calibrate this series is going to go. Hmm. And I still think the Warriors are going to win this Israel, series. Israel, to collapse like they did, uh, Kevin just, in trying to make his argument, told us about how they never lose at home and how they never blow leads like that. They did. Steve Kerr, he did call his timeouts, but he's fist-pumping guys at the end of the game. How much of this is on him? Right. Well... It's not an aberration, KB, when Derek White's been hot for a few games, right? When Al Horford's been hot from distance for the entire playoffs, and they're just getting shots that they are comfortable with, and the Warriors are giving them those shots. It would be, you know, an aberration if they're hitting a bunch of contested shots or doing something out of off, out of rhythm on offense or out of system on offense, but they're not. They're doing it within Kevin, system. You've you got to look at the up. rosters. Like, well, yes. again, they shot 50 Sarah, shot sorry, Sarah just said that you can play from the three-point yeah. line. So you don't think that's sustainable, understandably. No, because they were open shots. Yeah, I hear you, Sarah Spain, back, back in here. Some were, some were. Yeah, I just I thought it was interesting. Steve Kerr, before this series, said instead of lamenting that they didn't win eight straight, the two years that they were out of the postseason allowed them to come back here with fresh, clear, rested eyes. And I wonder if they look at what happened during this game, because, by the way, it wasn't Steve Kerr's fault. He gave that rousing speech and said, take care of the ball and take the energy back, and then they immediately turned it over. <laughs> so I don't think that was on Steve Kerr. I I think, though, that this is a team that has the experience of being able to, despite this being an aberration in terms of their statistical past, come back and make the adjustments. You have that happening in Game 2, Sarah Spain, on Sunday? Yes. Woody Page, Warriors or Celtics Game 2? I I, want to extend on 
Horford and White, and people say this is not sustainable. They have been doing it in the playoffs, both of them. And they, last night, the Splash Brothers had 49 points. The Flash Brothers from the Celtics had 47. <laughs> if they keep that up, yeah. they're going to win. To see how Horford do that in his first finals after, you know, his entire yeah. career is amazing. But real quick, I need a pick because I need somebody to mute or give points to on Monday. Sunday, who you got, Kevin? Oh, I got the bounce back, Warriors. Sounds like it. And Israel. I'll take a bounce back because he's got to get to six somehow. So, Warriors. We move on. <laughs> Frankie says relax. Pavel Francouz, his nickname is Frankie, and he was the emergency starter for Colorado in goal last night. And he shuts out McDavid and Dreisaitl and Edmonton, who came in averaging a million goals a game. I mean, Avalanche take a 2-0 lead in the series. Woody. You've steered us right this entire postseason on Colorado. It was a week ago where you guaranteed they would be in this series, and you got that one right, so here's your points. Have the Avalanche in these two games figured out something about the Oilers? What are we seeing here? Sure, they're using their backup uh, goalie, and as you pointed out, Frankie goes to Hollywood, and you saw that shutout last night. But I think what's been the key, particularly in Denver, is you saw last night that the Oilers were worn out. By the second period, they had nothing left. So they had worked so hard in game one to make a comeback, they didn't have anything in the tank. McDavid, if you just showed up on the shore and you said, which of these two guys is the best player in the National Hockey League, you would say Nate McKinnon because he just continues to wow in this series. They have more depth in Colorado mm-hmm. than Edmonton has, and they have better goaltending. Mike Smith was more like Mike Smith, uh, the, the horse jockey, than he was the <laughs> okay. goaltender. All right, thank his- you very much, Woody. Sarah Spade, how about you? <laughs> yeah, Woody mentioned that second period swoon, and that was a huge pivot point in the game, but so was the fact that they were shorthanded seven times. This was a team that could not get on the offensive and on the aggressive. They couldn't get the speed behind them to get their own penalty calls so that they could go on the advantage. It just looked like a team that was behind the whole time, and they are certainly behind now because I believe it is 32-2 and for the team that starts off 2-0 and in this series, so it's going to be uh, quite a heavy lift to get back in this one. Israel. Yeah, it felt like the real demoralizing part was the first period, right? Because you're hanging in there, you kill off a two-man advantage, but you don't do what Edmonton does, which is score in bunches, right? They come out of that 8-6 to six loss and think, okay, we can do our thing and still just be a little tighter defensively and win. And yet it's demoralizing because they go into that second period, no point, no, no goals on the board. And then, you know, the, the, the second time now they've given up back two goals within 16 seconds or less. All that stuff just really kind of drags it out of you, especially when you've got a stout team like Colorado that's just really controlling things. So... Yeah, it doesn't look great for Edmonton right now because this was the game where they felt like they could score some and you know, stay in the game throughout. And obviously and KB take away from the Avalanche win last night. Yeah, it's bad for the it's bad for the Oilers. I mean, I think I read that they're one in eight when falling behind two games to none in a seven game series. Uh, history does not shine well on them. And the thing about the Avalanche coming into this game and coming into this series. I thought that they would win with their offense, and yes, last night they did, four goals. But the most remarkable number to me was the donut um, that they held, they held the Oilers to because now you've got a team that, that it's that fast that everybody says, that skilled on offense, 
also being able to D you up. And sure, the Oilers looked sloppy as the game as the game went on, but that was because they were playing on their heels. They had fallen behind. They were trying to make things happen. And and once you do that, you, you get out of your it's game. A lot, and, and it's a lot more got, wise to play on blades than on heels when you're playing hockey. Yeah. You're right about that. <laughs> Woody, Mike Smith the jockey? What percentage of our audience does Mike Smith the jockey? <laughs> well, I just want to point out that it's Mike Swiss cheese, and he's getting no help whatsoever right. from you know, the rest of the Speaking of, that's what you're getting there. Let's go. Fire sell before Woody loses more points. Hole in his oh. argument right there. Around the Horn is presented by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida más fina. Part of happy hour. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to Around the Horn, brought to you by Chase. Coming to you from the Seaport District at Pier 17. News of the day from baseball. The Philadelphia Phillies firing Joe Girardi. 22 and 29, 12 back in the division, five and a half back in the wild card. All sorts of just wild losses this season and the fourth highest payroll in the league nearly a quarter billion dollars woody fire sell june firing and fire sell shaking up the team for good i'm selling it the executive staff should look in the mirror and fire themselves they have spent 233 million dollars that's the fourth highest payroll in baseball and what did they get for it they got the second worst bullpen in all of baseball, their defense is in the bottom three of the entire league, and they get rid of the manager and bring in a guy who actually was helping him make all the decisions, the bench coach. Sarah Spain. Yeah, I mean, he didn't have a lot to work with with the bullpen, like what he said, 21st-ranked bullpen ERA in baseball. But they lost 12 of their last 17. It's getting late in the season to believe that you can make a run. So whether it's his fault or not, if you think a new voice turns things around, you got to go for it. Is Drew Gutierrez. 
I'm buying the somebody's got to go situation because this is the team that's paying the luxury tax for the first time and expectations were up here and they're not matching them. But the idea that this is the manager is going to change this when defensively they're struggling and uh, Bryce Harper's injury has sort of uh, created some in- issues in the in outfield with Castellanos and Schorbel and their defensive you know, uh, uh, shortcomings are showing. And so this is more of a Dave Dombrowski problem, but he's not going to fire himself as the best. Uh, Let me just twist would. it then for you, Kevin Blackestone. This is your division, the NL East. Last year we saw the Braves under 500 at this moment. They won the World Series three years ago. Uh, fill in the blank here, please. 1931, I believe Washington the Nationals, Washington Nationals right. were, and they turned it around and won it all. So I think that this was an overreaction, but quite frankly, we should have seen it coming because Dombrowski had an opportunity to extend um, extend Girardi in the offseason, and he didn't do it. He hasn't given him many uh, uh, statements of confidence, so you know what? He's going to have to live with it. Fire sale to Ohio State football coach Ryan Day this week, speaking to 100 members of a Columbus area business, and introducing the school's new name, image, and likeness ambassador program. During this meeting or afternoon with business members, he said out loud, Ohio State football needs 13 million in name, image, and likeness commitments to keep the football team together. This is according to Doug LeMaurice on Cleveland.com. Sarah, what do you buy? What do you sell from what I just said? This is an inevitability. I mean, that's exactly what Saban was doing when the fight and all began, was just laying out for the people with money in front of him exactly what he expected and wanted from them by saying, hey, everybody else is going to do better than us if you, the good boosters in front of me, don't give us the money that we need to compete with them. And let's let's make sure you recognize that it's all on you for this team to be what it needs to be. It's not surprising to me at all. I did like how he can came out and said basically like we're going to speed a little bit but we're not going to go so fast that we get caught we're going to be a little illegal but not as illegal as some other teams we're just putting it out there now Israel Gutierrez uh, threatening playing with the mute button here, but as the sponsorships director of my flag football league for multiple years, this is what this feels like. You're going out asking for money to maintain your football team. <laughs> I think I'll this reward is what that. it is. And, you know, whether they do it under the guise of, under, thank you, whether they do it under the guise of, hey, they'll do some work for you, they'll do appearances, they'll do that, and so it doesn't feel so dirty, you can say whatever you want. This is what's necessary in college football right now. There's obviously a transition in how you do this, and this is the Ohio State way. Lynn Maurice in his uh, report was talking about how how, well, that works out to maybe 150000 per player on the roster, but really about a half a million per starter on the roster. Kevin Blackstone, how does it all come out to you? Well, I'm buying that the recognition is being made that the unpaid laborers need to get some of this money. Um, but I'm selling the fact that you would go to 100 boosters in Columbus, Ohio. Why don't you just look at your own pay, at your own payroll? Mr. Day, you make $9 million a year. The rest of your staff makes $8.7 million collectively a year. Why don't you share some of that wealth with the unpaid laborers from whom you are making all of that, all of that money? Mm-hmm. Stop. And Woody Page. Simply put, are we supposed to sit here and suddenly change the name of the school to the poor Ohio State University? Give me a break. You're out there begging for money. You're the Ohio State University. All right. I'm not sure I, I totally follow you there, but I recognize 13 it's million. It's the only school with a V in front of it. E, oh, yeah, I get that. I, I, e, that so. I follow. Okay, we're just going to move on. Buy or sell three. College World Series off to an explosive start. Saw UCLA. Well, they're facing elimination tonight after their loss to Texas yesterday. But the wow 
as you could guarantee, is Oklahoma softball. Multiple grand slams yesterday in beating Northwestern, 39th mercy rule of the year. We were talking about this earlier in the week, the dominance that they are. But also, Bill Plaschke brought up with the World Series games being hosted and played in Oklahoma City. That being an additional advantage for Oklahoma, an unneeded one. And it's not just Bill. Women's Fast Pitch Athletes Association of America had a tweet saying it's unfair advantage to Oklahoma. Israel, is this an unfair advantage for Oklahoma that the games are in Oklahoma City? I think it is. Mm-hmm. I I think it is, and it's not just from the games themselves. It's more from a recruiting standpoint. It's, hey, we can get the best women in the world to come play softball here because every year we play the World Series here, and every year you have a chance to effectively play at home. I think that has more of an impact than just the game-to-game situation. Kevin Blackstone? No, it's the fact that not only do they have the back-to-back player of the year, but they also have two of the other top ten finalists for player of the year. They are the most dominant team in college sports, men or women, period. Woody Page. I'm selling the whining. Uh, they play the College World Series men's in Omaha every year. Have we ever seen Creighton or Nebraska win the national championship? No. That's a great home field, and they should be able to stay there. It's a tradition in softball. Sarah Spain. Izzy's point is the one that made KBs. The ability to recruit is what gets you those great players onto that team. They have earned it. They are tremendous, but it is an unfair advantage. Unfortunately, they are already fighting with inequalities with what the men have for facilities. This is the best facility out there. You keep it there until someone else shows up. Sarah Spain, Kevin Blackstone, thanks for your time today. Israel Gutierrez, Woody Page, showdown. Just the other side. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Around the Horn is presented by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida más fina. Part of happy hour. The great pyramid wonder of the world. Cubs game last night in the bleachers, a beer pyramid. Perfect in every way until the Wrigley Usher knocked it down. Backwards cab guy, arms up in disgust, bottom right lady. Boo, boo on you, Woody. A beer pyramid at a game, is that a no or a yes? And who ordered the code red? It's a yes, and the Usher was a small sport, ruining their pyramid. He should be punished by having to build one of his own Pyramid? today at the game. How did I miss that, Woody? Here you go. And Israel Gutierrez. Poor sport. The most fun part of a pyramid is when it gets knocked down. I think Major League Baseball ordered the cord red because you can't have building the bear, the pyramid as the most entertaining thing in the outfield. Come on now. Watch the game. Woody Page, pyramid me. Showdown winner. Ah, this is a glazed experience. It's National Donut Day. The donut, most people may not realize, goes back, Israel, to prehistoric times Mm -hmm. when Native Americans would set up fried dough. In 1874, a New England ship's captain put a hole in it 
And for the first time and in 2000, in 1920, a, a, a man in New York City invented the machine and the donut has become the biggest dessert item in the world. Well, that was very nice. Everyone donate this. a donut to Woody Page today, you see. <laughs> Sarah Spain, I noticed you're wearing orange today. Yes, hashtag wear orange for National Gun Violence Awareness Day. Go to at every town to get more info. Thank you for that. We'll see you Monday. Have a weekend.